日本史学習に最高にもってこいのサイトサムライアーカイブスポッドキャストへようこそ美しい自然にあふれてる縄文時代から波乱万丈な幕末まで全時代を網羅して日本史の隅から隅まで一緒に語り合いましょうでは早速日本史の世界へ Hey, welcome back to the Samurai Archives podcast for yet another exciting episode.、Uh, this is Chris. I'm here with Joseph. Hey. <laughs> And Nate. Yep. Nate is going to school us in the difference between strategy, operation, and tactics. And we're going to sort of tie this into、uh, the battlefield to sort of illustrate the points. Yes. So, a while ago, Nate actually did a、uh, post on the blog directly in regards to this subject. And、uh, it's、uh, something that comes up every now and then because people don't really seem to know the difference between strategy and tactics and operations and how it all ties together. So, we're kind of putting this podcast together so that、uh, we can sort of let everyone know the differences between strategy and tactics. You get that a lot. What, what's the difference between strategy and tactics?、Uh, is, this, is this particular is this a strategy or is this a tactic? And that kind of. People kind of use the words like interchangeably, and, 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 you know, I guess that's fine. I, I know I do. I use them interchangeably. But yeah, if, if, you're, if you're referring, if you're talking about specifically about military history and,、um, you know, analyze, like we often do on the Samurai Archives, obviously,、uh, and you're, you're trying to relate specific concepts about. A battle or a campaign, then it's important that you use the correct term, and they really do mean very different things. So, can you give us a basic breakdown of the differences between strategy and tactics? Sure. And actually, we should go ahead and include operations as operations. The, the third,、uh, or actually the middle version of that. See, strategy, operations, and tactics are three different levels of military thoughts, I guess, so to speak. Um, so, strategy would be is generally in, in, in modern parlance the national level. It's what a state is trying to accomplish and how they intend to accomplish it. So, you know, the United States has a national strategy. We want to grow the economy so that we have a prosperous country. We want to ensure adequate natural resources, you know, so that we have gas to sell and, you know, can drive our cars. Operations is the middle level, and that's the big picture. What are we doing to accomplish those strategic goals? Taking it out of the military context, but talking about natural resources, you know, we're ensuring that, that we have a good trade relationship with you know, Kuwait.、Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a friendly relationship with them that enables us to get oil from them at a decent price and、mm-hmm. power our economy. And then Tactics is the lowest level. That's what, you know, at, the, at the, the nuts and bolts, this is actually how we're doing things. So, to,、yeah. to bring it back to the economic、um, example, this would be, you know, we're going to buy 20 million barrels at such and such price、mm-hmm. kind of deal. That's the details. So, the tactics. tactics. That's the tactics. Right. So, how would you illustrate this with a Japanese history example? This、okay. being a Japanese history podcast. Okay. So, let's, let's use、um, Okehazama. The Okehazama campaign as an example. Okay, so Imogawa Yoshimoto, the, who we talked about in the Sangoku podcast, you know, daimyo of、uh, Totomi and Suruga, had made alliances with the Hojo and the Takeda at his back so that he could advance to the west and、uh, 
accomplish his goal of taking Kyoto and therefore setting himself up as, as the national government. And is that goal a, his strategy? That goal is strategy. That, that is an overarching strategic goal. Uh, if you look at Imagawa Yoshimoto as a state, mm -hmm. uh, or the Imagawa family, I guess, as a state with him as the head, uh, then the goal is national preeminence. I want to rule the country, right? And that's a strategic level goal. So, to accomplish that, he does strategic level things, like he makes an alliance with the Hojo, he makes an alliance with the Takeda. Those protect him strategically. Those are strategic level goals because those are directly tied to what he wants to do. You know, safe borders in the east and the north so that he can advance to the west. So he's done that. Now he looks to the west and he's got piddly little Oto Nobunaga, you know, standing in his way. Okay. So in order to get to his strategic goal of Kyoto, what does he have to do? Well, he has to first take Hawaii, right? So that's an operational goal. That's an operation and it feeds into, you know, you have the strategy up at the top, and then underneath that you'll have different operations that you have to accomplish. So, so the operations are the steps to accomplish the goal. Right. They're the different, you know, it, it's if you look at it, it's almost like a triangle, right? And you've got the strategy at the, the top, mm -hmm. and then underneath that you'll have different operations that you undertake in order to accomplish those goals. And right. to be successful, those have to feed into, those have to support the strategic goals. Mm -hmm. And then underneath the operations, you have more detailed stuff. You have tactics, and those added together will support the operations, which added together will support the strategy. Okay, so we've established that Imagawa Yoshimoto has to take Awari as a step to accomplish his strategic goal. Right. So he puts together an operation to invade and capture Awari. So as part of that, that's the operational goal. Well, what steps do you break that down into? Well, he's got to organize his army. He's got to advance through Mikawa. He's got to confront the uh, Oda defenses at different uh, uh, fortifications, like uh, Washizu, Marune, uh, and other fortifications. I, I don't want to call them castles, because they weren't castles at that point, but they were forts that, that the Oda maintained. In this case, Toride, I guess, is the yes. term they use. And then, um, you know, from there, he's got to meet Oda Nobunaga on the battlefield, defeat him, and then impose control over Owari province. All these are different tactical level tactical. Um, issues that he would have to deal with in order to accomplish the operational level goal of seizing Owari. Mm -hmm. Okay? So Which he needs to do in order to achieve his Which he needs to do, right. The hit bone is connected to the thigh bones connected to it. I mean, it, it all, to do, to be successful in any of this, it all has to tie together. So he goes, he, you know, gets his army together. He goes, he advances. His advance guard under Matsudara Motoyasu, the Nochi no Tokugawa Ieyasu, sorry, <laughs> later known as Tokugawa Ieyasu, um, takes, uh, I believe, uh, Marune Fort from the Oda forces, so you know that's a tactical victory that accomplishes one step of the operational goal. Okay, problem is that they don't conduct adequate reconnaissance. They don't pay attention to what Oda Nobunaga is doing, and he's able to sneak up on the Imagawa main headquarters camp, which is 
unfortunately for Imagawa Yoshimoto, lightly defended and not really paying attention, and Oda Nobunaga succeeds in attacking and destroying them, taking Yoshimoto's head, and Imagawa Yoshimoto dies and then obviously fails in what he was trying to do. And see, this is where it becomes important that you use the correct terminology. Yoshimoto didn't make a strategic blunder. He, he didn't fail because of strategic reasons. He didn't fail because of operational reasons. He failed because of tactical, because uh, he lost a tactical battle. Okay, But because of his tactical failure, it caused him to fail operationally. He did not take Hawaii province. Right. And then he failed strategically. He did not establish take, himself in Kyoto. Uh, establish himself in Kyoto. So when you talk about military history, when you talk about what happened during battles, why battles were fought, what purpose they served, what the strategy was, it's important to use the correct terms because when, you, when you're looking at it, I mean, you, uh, you know, if you say, well, you know, his strategy was poor because he failed, well, no, I, I mean, it, it was a good strategy. It was a strategy that Oda Nobunaga did himself eight years later. Right. You know, let's move forward, let's, you know, go establish ourselves in Kyoto as, as uh, the, the power. It worked. He just didn't do the steps, that the tactical steps that were necessary to complete the operational goals that were necessary to complete the strategic goal. Okay, so that's sort of a, a large-scale explanation. If we could actually shrink it down to the small scale, I think that okay. would also be interesting. Let's say, for example, Nagashino, from okay. w whichever side you prefer, what would, <coughs> where would you put the, the strategy, the operational, and then the tactics in, in a single battle rather than an overall large-scale goal. Okay. Just randomly, let's take... Um, if you want to take the side of Nobunaga and go down his... Or, or you could even take the side of Katsuyori, whichever you prefer. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's start with Nobunaga. Let's say, uh, you know, what's, what's his strategic goal? Well, uh, he, is, he controls the center. This is 1575, uh, Battle of Nagashino. Um, he controls central Japan. He controls the government. He's already kicked out uh, Ashikaga Yoshiaki. Uh, so he's in control of the government. And he wants to maintain that and bring other areas of Japan uh, under his control. Uh, but really, prior to Nagashino, he's, he's still more worried about maintaining control in the center. So for him, the strategy, strategic goal is maintain control and eliminate threats to that control. So, which Katsuyori was, which the Takeda were. So, are, are you kind of implying then that uh, the strategy is always a very high level? Yes, by yeah. definition, it's a it's a. In other words, you yeah. What I was thinking was, if if you're looking at a specific battle, there would be a battle strategy, <coughs> which then you would try to accomplish with various battle operations. Which you would use battle tactics. No, is it doesn't work. It doesn't That's work that works? way. Oh, okay. Everything that at that level is at the tactical level. You can have certain tactical events that added together make up a larger tactical operation, mm -hmm. but it's still tactical. To put it into a modern context, the way that we use it, st st strategy is done at the national level. So if we're applying this to Oda Nobunaga at Nagashino, then the national level is Oda Nobunaga. It's, mm -hmm. He's the leader of his nation, the Oda right. house, right? So anything that's tr strategic that he's looking at is going to be, how can I 
maintain my hegemony, uh, maintain my hegemony over the country? How can I increase my control over such and such reason, region, which maintains my hegemony over the country? Those are his strategic goals, you know, because they they they're maintaining his national presence. So I think it's an important question to ask. Then, okay, is battle strategy a misnomer? When you're speaking specifically, when you're when you're using the terms like this. Uh, according to modern military doctrine, yes. Hmm. Because I think I think battle strategy is is used often. You're you're, you're not using it in the same way that that uh, I, you're using it as a general mm -hmm. term to mean how you accomplish something or how you do something, which it does carry that meaning in the dictionary, but it's an improper application when we're looking at specific events in military history because mm -hmm. it gives you the wrong impression. For somebody, for for instance, if, if I'm talking to another military person, I need to be specific in the words that I use so that they understand, they get the same impression out of it that I will. So that's that's where it's important. Okay, okay so in the uh, <coughs> military history or in the military lexicon or the mm -hmm. jargon the, the terms have a more specific meaning than is used in the general public. Correct. Now, these are the definitions that I work with, and of course I'm, you know, being in the U.S. Army, this is what I use, but, you know, the U.S. Army defines it as, okay, so strategic level of war. The level of war at which a nation, often as a member of a group of nations, determines national or multinational alliance or coalition, strategic security objectives and guidance, and develops and uses national resources to accomplish these objectives. Activities at this level establish national and multinational military objectives, sequence initiatives, define limits and assess risks for the use of military and other instruments of national power, develop global plans or theater war plans to achieve these objectives, and provide military forces and other capabilities in accordance with strategic plans. Okay, so going back to Nagashino. This, is, this isn't how he fights the Battle of Nagashino. This is why okay, he fights okay. the Battle of Nagashino. Okay. This is, I'm trying to maintain control over the country and to solidify control under me and eliminate threats to that control. And so that's the strategy. That's the strategy. Is why. Right. Okay. Yeah, so like I said, if we consider each of these Sengoku Daimyo as a separate nation, mm -hmm. then it's whatever that Daimyo's goals are, that's what he's going to define, that's what's going to define his strategy. Mm. You know, okay. for... You know, let's look at someone else. Let's look at uh, Tokugawa Ieyasu. His national goals, so to speak, are to increase his land holdings and not get not get killed, killed right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So how how is he accomplishing that? Well, what's his strategy? Well, he's allies with Oda Nobunaga, the biggest baddest mofo on the block, right? right. So that's a good way to not get sure killed. Enough. Am I the baddest mofo no down around this town? <laughs> sure enough. Well, um, that's a good way to sure not enough. get killed by allying yourself with um, with the biggest biggest country out there. Mm -hmm. This is what we see a lot in um, modern pol you know international politics. Is you'll see um, countries that align themselves with uh, one of the Internet, you know, one of the global powers. So, like, like uh, Japan, you know, is in an alliance with the United States right. because by themselves they don't feel that they could 
adequately provide for their own security. Mm-hmm. So they rely on cooperation with the United States in order to provide national security for them. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Without allying himself to Oda Nobunaga, A, Tokugawa Ieyasu would have been potentially at risk of being attacked and destroyed by Oda Nobunaga mm-hmm. because there would be no alliance. They would... Right. You know, potentially become enemies. Secondly, Oda Nobunaga serves as a guarantor of his security. So we see in the Battle of Nagashino, you know, uh, an attack by the Takeda into Tokugawa lands, and Oda Nobunaga coming to the assistance of Tokugawa Ieyasu mm-hmm. as his ally mm-hmm. to help prevent him from being destroyed. So would you say then that? Nagashino is an operation undertaken by Nobunaga to, of course, uh, support his goal of hegemony, but also to uh, support his ally because that the end result is that also supports his... So it is the exactly. battle of Nagashino an operation then, in this, um, this definition? In, in, by this definition, yes. I would, I would go with that. Let me read you the, uh, what the army has to say about operational level of war. Uh, the level of war at which campaigns and major operations are planned, conducted, and sustained to accomplish strategic objectives within theaters or operational areas. This fits because it's within an operational. It's it's within a specific area. The Nagashino mm-hmm. uh, is in the, uh, the, the 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 valley um, where of the Toyokawa. Um, it's confined to an area. Um, it's not you know all over the the country, right? Mm-hmm. But it's to accomplish a strategic objective, which is you know for Oda Nobunaga to protect his alliance with Tokugawa Ieyasu and to eliminate or you know, defeat the advance of, of a threat mm-hmm. to his n- national hegemony. Right. For Ieyasu, it's stay alive, <laughs> right? And to maintain his alliance with Oda Nobunaga. Okay. Um, they're to, finishing on uh, with the definition, activities of this level link tactics and strategy by establishing operational objectives needed to accomplish the strategic objectives Sequencing events to achieve the operational objectives, initiating actions, and applying resources to bring about and sustain these events. These activities imply a broader dimension of time or space than do tactics. They ensure the logistic and administrative support of tactical forces and provide the means by which tactical successes are exploited to achieve strategic objectives. Now, this sounds like a lot of jargon, and it is. But what that really means is operational involves not just, you know, I've got my guys on the battlefield with spears and they're killing the enemy on the battlefield, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's how am I moving forces from point A to point B, okay? okay. Tokugawa Ieyasu, he's in uh, Hamamatsu Castle. Mm. Now, it's not that far from Hamamatsu to Shinshiro, where the battle uh, the battlefield of Nagashino is located. But he has to physically move him and his forces from point A to point B. Oda Nobunaga has to come with his forces from Gifu, down through Owari and into Mikawa, and then to the battlefield at Nagashino. How is that accomplished? Okay, we'll flip it around and look at it from the uh, Takeda viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay, their strategic goal is you know we want to eliminate Oda Nobunaga as a threat, and we want to uh, you know Takeda Katsuyori wants to take the power that Nobunaga has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does he have to do that? Well, obviously he has to go to the west because, you know, that's where he's got to go. You know, he can't just do it from Kai, right? Right. So to accomplish that strategy, 
operationally, he can go basically one of three ways. He can either come through the, um, the, the Toyokawa Valley, he can go a little to the north, which puts him out in uh, Mina, I mean, through, you know, up through Shinano and then out. Mm. Um, he can move through the Kiso Valley, and, which puts him out in uh, Mino directly, uh, almost directly at Gifu there. Or he can go south from Kai uh, down into almost to the, uh, to the Izu Peninsula and then along the coast, along the Tokaido. And so for, for him, for his, his initial operational goal, he decides that he wants to eliminate Tokugawa Ieyasu as an ally of Nobunaga. That's step one to strategic goal of eliminating Nobunaga. So what he decides to do is go take Ieyasu's castle of Okazaki. Mm. The most expedient way to do that is to go through the Toyokawa River Valley. Right. So that, that's how he's deciding his operational tasks is, okay, I want to eliminate Ieyasu, how am I going to get there? Yeah. You know, that's, that's all at the operational level of work. Okay, now I'm going to go through this river valley. Well, what castles am I going to take on my way there? Well, I'll stop here. You know, I'll t- try to take Yoshida Castle, and I'll try to take Nagashino Castle, and I'll try to... Those are, these are all operational decisions, mm-hmm. okay? He, you know, takes his army, moves through, and, and attacks Nagashino. Now, now he's at Nagashino. He's surrounding the castle. He's sending different contingents of his army against different points... In the, at the castle, this is the tactical level. How do I take Nagashino Castle? That's a tactical problem. Okay, that is not the overarching goal of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not strategy. It's not. This is, uh, you know, a, a, it's not a big picture thing. So it's not operational. It's, it's very specific on the battlefield. This I'm moving individual contingents of men in various locations for combat mm-hmm. tactical level okay so army's definition tactical level of war level of war at which battles engagements are planned and executed to accomplish military objectives assigned to tactical units or task forces activities at this level focus on the ordered arrangement and maneuver of combat elements in relation to each other and to the enemy to achieve combat objectives mm-hmm. okay so I want to go kill these people on this hilltop over here tactical level to to kind of put it in a, in a modern context for anybody who's familiar with modern militaries generally speaking when we use the terms uh, we when we say strategy we're talking about the nation um, and I already talked about that operational level is generally speaking core level and above and what that means is you know very large groups of military units like encompassing Afghanistan, hmm. you know, all the the headquarters, the uh, the, the ISAF headquarters, uh, International Security and Assistance Force in, in Afghanistan would be at the kind of straddling the strategic and operational level for all their operations to actually all the decisions they make on how to fight the war in Afghanistan, operational level. Okay. Okay. Going lower, anything we look at, generally speaking, anything at the division level and below is tactical level. You know, a division commander, he may con- uh, control 10,000, 15,000 troops, but he's not deciding things. He's, he's not looking at, you know, how am I going to convince the Afghan people to give up the war? Right. He's given tasks like, go take the city of whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Durkadurkistan. Right, of Durkadurkistan. And he's trying to decide how to do that by maneuvering 
combat forces on the ground into position to defeat the enemy. Okay. Okay. So that's why it's tactical and not operational. Hmm. So well, so okay. So for the Battle of Nagashino, then the tactics that we're looking at are building a barricade, mm -hmm. with, uh, doing the presuming, uh, assuming it actually happened, the uh, volley fire. These are all tactical decisions. Yeah, these would all be t very. Um, those those would all be tactical. Uh, actions on the battlefield. Whether or not they happened, that's what we're talking about when we talk about those things. Katsuyori's decision to send uh, his forces against the the Oda lines uh, and, and how they did that and how, you know, did they attack up the middle? Did they did they try to encircle? What did they do? Those, those are all tactical considerations that I'm trying to create some sort of trying to make picture of. Yeah. Uh, in, in my research using my knowledge of military tactics and uh, evaluating the terrain and, and, evalu and, and pairing that up with how Japanese armies at this time fought. So trying to figure all this out. The problem that I have is that although the, uh, the primary sources that you read from this time, none of them talk about tactics. Mm. None of them talk about what was actually going on in the battle in descriptive terms that really give you an impression. You know, they may say, and now the Obata attacked from, you know, were uh, sent, and then they were all shot and then repulsed. Yeah. Well, that doesn't tell me how the Obata moved against right. the Tokugawa lines at, at Nagashino. It doesn't tell me what direction they came from. It doesn't tell me, you know, were they all on horseback? Were some of them on horseback? Were none of them on horseback? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't tell me anything about the tactics. You know, authors at this time were, weren't concerned about that. They were concerned about pretty much the strategic element and you know that yay Oda Nobunaga and Tokugawa Ieyasu won and the Takeda are defeated forever yay so they're basically um, operational on the boat when they're talking yes. they're saying yes. this operation was a success yay That's yes a, so mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do in my research is really I mean I'm, I'm trying to look operational level and below mm. because even researchers and historians today who aren't most of them anyway I won't say all but even those, um, you know, most of them who have written about Nagashino, very few of them look at the tactical side of, of the battle. There's just simply assumptions that are made. They, they just assume that the, the little, the few tactics that are mentioned, the volley fire, that, right. that, they, they just say, okay, that's what right. we wanted, and they right. get that, basically. Exactly. Um, and, and, and to be honest, from the viewpoints from which they're writing, it doesn't really matter to them. What matters to them is that Nobunaga won, Takeda Katsuyori lost, Nobunaga was able to Operation successful you know, and yeah, consolidate strategy. control over yeah. central Japan, you know, and especially coming from previous historical historiographical viewpoints of you know we focus on political change and we focus on uh, great man theory and you know the big names and, and the the people who make big political changes. Well, it doesn't does it matter to those type those type of of historians whether you know. Nobunaga could really have gotten uh, 3,000 gunners to fire in rotation at Nagashino. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the political effects of, of what happened. Now more and more there are authors who are, who are actually taking hard looks at these. And on the Japanese side there's um, uh, specifically Owata Tetsuo um, who's done some very good work and you know, he, he throws out a, uh, a critique of uh, a lot of writers, he said, you know, uh, most writers just write what they 
uh, see written in the uh, the chronicles about it, and, you know, have never actually been to the battlefield and have no idea what they're talking about because, in his mind, you can't put thirty thousand troops on the hill that Nobunaga was on. I understand what it, you know his viewpoint. I've been there several times, um, walked to the battlefield, and certainly from a modern military standpoint, uh, the 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 ridge line that. Oda Nobunaga was lined up on, had supposedly with his 30,000 troops. Today, you might have uh, two platoons. You might have mm-hmm. 60 guys cover that, t- that, that area mm-hmm. because weapons and so forth have advanced so much that that's all you would want to concentrate in one area and that's all you would need to. So it's interesting coming from a modern viewpoint looking at it, but when you, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to. And I, and I actually intend to do this. I need to try to line up and measure out. You know, if I'm standing there, if I've got five guys standing there with spears, how much space do they take up? Well, it would be and then drawing it out of, on on a map on the battlefield and seeing how how it works out. Well, it would be interesting to reverse engineer it from the point of the viewpoint of okay, if you're a modern American military commander, this is how many people you would put there, and then work backwards and and sort of say okay, but if they had spears rather than Right, you know, uh, M16s or right. P90s or whatever it is there, and then just sort of work backwards. That would be well, and that's that's sort of the angle that I'm taking in in my Nagashino project is, and that's the difficulty for me is sure I you know I, I understand military thought and the military decision making process, and I, I I believe that even though it wasn't professionally taught and and a, like a, a doctrine uh, during this time like it like it is for us now. I believe that a lot of these same thought processes were in place, they just didn't have it codified. However, for me, I'm used to looking at it in terms of, you know, I've got four tanks that I'm trying to arrange, and, you know, you could cover the entire Toyokawa Valley with a tank platoon. You, you don't need 30,000 men. You know, I, I could have won the Battle of Nagashino with a tank platoon. Um, <laughs> I think they did that in Sengoku Jieta. They did, <laughs> and I love that. I love. I like uh, Sengoku Jieta 1542 much better. But um, anyway, but I, I mean, yeah, it presents a whole lot of interesting scenarios and, and things to think about, which is is great and wonderful. The challenge that I have is trying to present it in a way that goes that that actually takes into account the differences between the way we fight now and the way they fought then and the differences between not only modern and and pre-modern thought but also western and, and eastern concepts of, of warfare you know the US military's doctrinal system is is descended from Clausewitz uh, you know the German military historian and, and and author who you know set forth principles in the uh, the Napoleon you know post napoleonic age does that apply to 16th century Japan? Well, some of it, yes. Some of it, no. And that's what I'm trying to to navigate as I do my research. But yeah, it's 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 interesting stuff. How will you continue your research, looking at the actual um, the plausibility of figures and whatnot? Will this be something that you continue in Japan then, or is that something that's not going to be included in your final? It's not going to be included in my initial in your paper that I'm working okay. about on, on right now. What, okay. um, a lot of that is just, it, it's outside the scope of a limited, you know, 25-page right. paper. Oh, okay, right. for affairs. Right. Okay. 
what I'd like to do eventually is is um, get a chance to go back once I've fully developed all my mm-hmm. you know work and try to get a chance to verify you know stuff right. on the ground. But a lot of it is you know I've I've been to Nagashino twice now, been around, walked to the battlefield, been to different points on it, and gotten mm-hmm. perspective, taken a gajillion pictures. <laughs> And so I, f- I feel fairly comfortable with my understanding of the actual terrain mm-hmm. uh, as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and, and you know, right now this is nothing but a, you know, this is just a, a, a footnote uh, in, in my work, but the problem is it's not the same now as it was 400 years ago. Right. You know, modernization comes in, towns spring up, roads come through. Um, it's not the same place. The, mm-hmm. the actual site of the battlefield, Shitaragahara, uh, where in, I, in 1575 there was a small stream, or Rengogawa, mm-hmm. running through the middle of the battlefield. That's no longer there. It's now all rice paddies. Uh-huh. So the, diffi- the main difficulty isn't, f- I, I, at least I don't think, in understanding the lay of the battlefield because, you know, okay, I, I stand on top of the hilltop and I look out and instead of rice paddies, I just imagine it as, as flat land with a stream running across. Right. That's not the issue. The issue is when you look at things like um, archaeological research. Mm-hmm. You know, on the battlefield site, they found in particular locations uh, 11 bullets, mm-hmm. uh, 11 musket balls, uh, so to speak, that were, that were shot. Um, well, as I'm looking through different authors and what they've written about the battle, you know, Thomas Conlon, uh, Dr. Conlon at uh, Bowdoin University, in one of his books, uh, mentions it, uh, that, that these were found, and he posits this as a possible site for where the famous guns were located, and it's... It, and where they were discharged, though. And, they were, and where they were discharged, because this is where they, these were found, so in his mind, this was, was where they must have been Utilize. So, in other words, where they were standing, is that it? Right. Okay. You know, and, and he says that this doesn't match with the way the, the battle is represented either in literature or on screens, on right. the, the famous Byobu right. screens um, depicting the battle, which has the fence line in the front of the uh-huh. um, thing, because these, these bullets were found on the flank. Okay. Okay? Well, I don't necessarily disagree with the tactical em- employment of them on the flank. I think it actually makes a lot of tactical sense when you look at the terrain and you think about the fact that Nobunaga had a primarily infantry force and his number one fear would have been being outflanked by the faster cav- you know, horse-mounted troops of the Takeda right. so that he's not attacked from the side and behind. Mm-hmm. So I understand, I, I, I don't disagree with the idea of putting the barricades on the sides in order to channel the Takeda forces into the center. I think it makes great tactical sense. Okay. The problem I have is at a battle where there was supposedly between 1,000 and 3,000 guns, depending on which source you go with, and where guns supposedly made such a big difference, right. why are we only finding 11, 11 bullets. bullets? Well, you said it was all rice paddy, so there's a... Th- exactly. Oh, okay. That's my point. You can't base any conclusions off of only 11 bullets because there should be a lot more. Why aren't we finding a lot more? Because the land's all been dredged up over the last 400 years. And co-opted, right. Into, into farmland and rice paddies. Right. So, you know... So the bullets they found could have been shifted from all the way across they, the valley. It could have been alluvial shift from, from, you know, coming downstream. It could have been that 
there were you know there were guns there that were discharged and 11 bullets you know 11 were shot but that there were 2,000 more up you know at another location the, the other thing is I mean if you look at it you know if I shoot you you're not gonna find the bullet where I was standing you're gonna find the bullet where you died right where Whatever. you died so if I if I hit you and it you know lodges in you unless you die right there mm -hmm. and you know decompose and right. <laughs> stuff the the bullet's going to travel somewhere else right so finding a bullet all it gives you is evidence that there were guns and that right. they were there the fact that it's only 11 is too insignificant a number statistically to sort of tell me it anything right yeah. so so that's the problem i have with that but we're getting <laughs> we're, we're kind of getting away from the strategic and tactical discussion but no this is good right, stuff it's very interesting um, yeah, i think it'll fall it'll fall, yeah, all falls together the the but but yeah so that's that's the problem with trying to figure out what tactically happened because use bringing up archaeological evidence bringing up we don't have a lot because the the topography has or i don't want to say the topography has changed but mm -hmm. It's not the same place it was. It's not, right. you know, you can't just dig and find stuff. It's it's all gone. What I'm trying to do is take it and, and look at the terrain mm -hmm. and think through how I, as a military officer, would approach the terrain. How would I set things up? Come up with logical, doctrinal solutions right. and use that as a starting point to evaluate where I think Nobunaga you know, how Nobunaga would have set things up, how Ikeyasu would have set things up, how Takeda Katsuyori would have performed his attack, and, and so forth. The The other half of what I'm doing is, is also trying to evaluate the psychology of it and figure out why, you know, mm -hmm. why did Katsuyori attack? Well, you know, because it doesn't make tactical sense from what we look at now. Right. So identifying what specifically doesn't make tactical sense and try to posit what those specific differences, what, what causes those specific differences. Anyways, good question. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, I, I just, I hope that gives people a, a little bit of background and understanding of why, you know, if, uh, if they come on the Samurai Archives board and ask about the, uh, the strategy uh, at the, the Battle of uh, Chihaya, uh, you know, or, or Mimigawa or whatever, uh, and some evil person on there jumps down their throat uh, for using the wrong terminology. For using the wrong terminology, why? I, why I do so? So okay, so no more excuses. That's right. <laughs> so that's uh, that's essentially a breakdown of strategy, operations, and tactics. So hopefully that makes some sense now. And so in the future, you're expected to not only know this but be able to apply the terms correctly. You will be tested. <laughs> and so uh, I guess that's it from the Samurai Archives podcast today as always you can reach us on Twitter at Samurai Archives you can send us an email at samuraipodcast at gmail.com you can also hit us uh, up at Facebook and at the Samurai Archives plenty of ways to get us and again I'd like to mention that we do have the Samurai Archives bookstore so if you are interested in getting any of the books that are mentioned please do so there no extra charges, and it helps uh, pay for the podcast. Also, check out the Samurai Archives t-shirt shop, where we have a graphic designer who has put together some various uh, Sengoku-related t-shirts. So if you do want to contribute and would like to get something for your effort, uh, please feel free to go there. 
And I guess that's about it. So this is Chris for Joseph and Nate saying mahalo for listening. See ya. They couldn't hear you. See you later.